Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I'm Lyle. And I am Eli. And we've got a new episode. So we are here today to talk about Gundam. Gundam. So, you want to watch Gundam? So this no, is... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a bit going to be a lot like uh, our So You Want to Watch Digimon episode. Where basically I'm going to go through... I'm going to cover as much material as I can to ch get to help you understand what is where, what you should watch, what you shouldn't watch, what you need to watch to, in order to watch Gundam. And honestly, I totally understand because uh, like a couple years ago, I, I really wanted to get into Gundam and it was just really confusing because I had no idea where to start. And even when I found a whole lot of uh, like guides and whatnot, a lot of times they just made it worse. Yeah, Archive Panic is... Getting into any long-running series can be very difficult. Very much so. But here is the definitive thing for you who are listening to this and want to watch Gundam. Basically, <laughs> you have two main uh, threads to follow. You've either got Universal Century or else. It, it's a lot like the Digimon, uh, whatchamacallit, Adventure Timeline versus else versus all the other alternate timelines. But it gets confusing in Gundam. So I guess let's let's start. I'm gonna briefly run over as much of Universal Century as I can. I I might be missing a few things just because some of it isn't very relevant at all. Um, like there's some specials and music videos and short net animations out there that are like canon but i guess but they're also not important like i've never seen something re specifically reference them but uh, they're connected so if you, if you really want just go find like just look up Bobble suit gundam on my anime list and they'll have all of the information you need but let's let's start here so we'll start Universal Century stuff with Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, which is a series of six OVAs released from 2015 to 2018, which more or less chronicles the rise and, well, the rise to notoriety of the ace pilot Shar Aznaval, who is incredibly important in the whole scheme of Gundam. Although it is important to note that it is that this series of OVAs is of semi-canon status because it's technically an adaptation of a manga reimagining of Gundam. Although the OVAs only cover everything up to when the original Gundam starts. But it doesn't clash too much with uh with later canon, I think. Obviously, if if I'm wrong about that, please correct me. 
I mean, it's my second favorite Gundam series. You've only watched like three Gundam series. Yes, and it's my second favorite. Fair enough. So in any case, as you as, as you can tell, it is approved by Eli. So yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So next up in the timeline, also available on Funimation. It it is. If you want to watch it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you you you, you had us watch it on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. I, I was know. just looking, and I'm like, wait a minute, I see Mobile Origin on Funimation. Well, it wasn't this there when I originally like, watched it, okay? This admittedly was, like, three months later, but... Yeah. Well, they only really, they only got all of the Gundam stuff really recently, so, whatever. Moving on. Next up, we've got the OG, Mobile Suit Gundam. Released in 1979. And... You know, something that I feel like not a lot of people think about or even realize is that the original Mobile Suit Gundam didn't do that well when it was originally released. I vaguely recall that being a thing. Like, it, it got cancelled, and they had to, like, do a whole bunch of bargaining in order to just get a few extra episodes to finish off the story. I think that's back when anime was still new and trying to find its footing and legitimacy. Well, this was right before the 80s and it was... And like, we all know everyone back then was on cocaine. <laughs> very, much, very, very true. But it was also very much just a commercial for toys. Uh, That's why they painted it like red and blue and stuff, right? Yes, very much so. There was also uh, a couple other mecha that were there. And there's a whole bunch of gimmicks around the Gundam with a bunch of different weapons and all this different stuff. However, when you go to the compilation movies, which were released uh, in 1981 to 1982, the compilation movies are actually where a lot of people like latched onto Gundam and it became popular because it got rid of a lot of the toyetic stuff, and it really and it drilled down, brought a lot of the themes. <clears throat> and plot points from later in the series in earlier and gender in general it it has a much better flow than a it has a much better flow being uh three hour and a half movies compared to a 50 episode series Ugh. yeah there's i there's mean a <laughs> i'll wash a long series i will enjoy a long series but uh yeah. Imagining 50 episodes of basically a glorified commercial. Well, imagine Transformers. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine Gen 1 Transformers. That's more or less what it was like. And so Mobile Suit Gundam more or less comprises the entirety of the One Year War. The main big conflict uh, in Mobile Suit Gundam in the Universal Century timeline. Now, of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens afterwards, but there's also Plus a bunch... Plus, there's... No, no, you you go. But there's a bunch of side stories to uh, the One Year War. So, let's see here. We've got... Oath... Mo... 
the OAth MS team, the 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 mobile suit team. Yes, I was gonna bring that one up. Yes, it's a series of OVAs released from uh, 1996 to 1999, which is basically Vietnam but with Mecha. It's the, it's the third best Gundam series I've seen. <laughs> I I very much enjoyed it, and I forced Eli to watch it. It was all right. It's it's pretty interesting. There were a lot of things that didn't make sense to me. Yeah, probably because I haven't watched Gundam. Oh yeah, definitely. Then there were the children in space with psychic powers. Yeah, yeah. If you watched, uh, if you watched Gundam, the original, then that makes a lot more sense. But in any case, there's uh, a few others, including the uh, the MS Igloo OVAs, which were some CG shows from 2004 to 2008 that no one really cares about anymore. Like, Is it because they were trash? Oh yeah, it was 2004 to 2008 CGI. So, it wasn't very good. Can I get an oof in chat? Big oof, big oof. Uh, Let's see, we've also got Thunderbolt, another one-year war side story, which came out uh, 2015 to 2017, which is just, it's just more one-year war stuff. Uh, one of the more well-known ones, uh, 0080, War in the Pocket, came out in 89, and it's, uh, it's a much smaller conflict, which makes it a lot more tragic when everything goes wrong. It's a lot of people's favorite one-year war side story. And then, God, at this point on, everything gets really, really fucky with the release dates. Although it's oh been boy. fucky, <laughs> it's been fucky at this so far as well. So next up, Double O Eighty Three Stardust Memory, and there's like two different versions of this. One is a series of OVAs, and one's a movie, I think. Uh, it came out 91 to 92. It takes place four years after the original Gundam. And mostly, yeah, I I have not personally seen this yet, so I can't make any judgment on its quality. But I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it all that much. And then next up in the timeline... We've got Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, released 1985 to 1986, and is the original sequel to original Mobile Suit Gundam, taking place eight years afterwards. And I should probably mention that pretty much every Gundam series follows a general uh, standardized blueprint of plot, wherein a plucky kid falls into the cockpit of a giant mech, becomes its pilot, and then goes on to fight in a big war, and ultimately finds out that war is hell. And there's conflict between space and Earth, and all this other stuff. At, at its very basic level, that's what Gundam is. 
And so that's what Zeta Gundam is. Now, Zeta Gundam is interesting because the compilation movies for, for it were released in 2005 through 2006. And okay. they, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big time gap between 1985 and 2005, about 20, 20 years or so. Yeah, uh, 1985 to 2005 is 20 years. <laughs> and Math so, checks out. So when they did the compilation movies, they did a bunch of altered scenes that uh, would help them like fit to the modern day. But it's the original came in 1985, so it's got that old-style animation, which doesn't blend well with the new style. And then, really weird, they so the in the Zeta compilation movies, they changed the ending pretty drastically, so it can't be canon to the rest of the Universal Century timeline, which is very very strange choice. So, just make a note of that <laughs> if you wanted to watch Zeta Gundam, and you want to also have it make sense in the rest of the Universal Century timeline. You're gonna need to watch the original series and not the compilation movies. What if <laughs> the new Zeta Gundam is a starting point for a new spin-off of a new Universal Century? It's not. It's not? No. But what if it was? Well, that would be interesting. But it's not. Because they have released more stuff in the Universal Century timeline, and it still doesn't match up with the Zeta Gundam compilation movie's ending. So, yay. So anyways, the sequel to that is called Double Zeta. And uh, it's spelled ZZ. I mean, I, I guess that, that does in fact spell Double Z. Yeah, Double, double Zeta. And it's, uh... It's the sequel to Zeta, more or less right after it. So, it's more Gundam. And then, after that, we've got Char's Counterattack, which is the sequel to Double Zeta, which is set five years later. And Char counterattacks in that one. I haven't watched it, so... So, don't, so don't. far, this Universal Century appears to have run a total of, like, 30 years. Yes. If my math is correct. Yes, very much so. Well, they haven't even gotten 30 years yet. It's, it's only been, like... Because Char was, like, 10 at the start of Origin. Around that age, yeah. And then he was... I don't even remember how many years passed in Origin. More than one. And then there was a... And then Gundam spans a course of an entire year. More or less. And then you said Zed takes place four years later. Yes. And then Double Zed takes place immediately after? More or less. Because uh, time then... does pass in Zeta. Um... So we're talking not even like 20 years. Yeah, not even. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Char's counterattack. And then after that, we've got Unicorn, which 
So Char's Counterattack came out in 1988. Unicorn is the sequel to Char's Counterattack and is a series of OVAs that came out from 2010 to 2014 until okay. they were decompiled in 2016 into an into another series that is literally just the same things but they split all the episodes in half because the, the episodes before were like 40 minutes long and now they're standard length so i i don't really know the point of it but anyways unicorn uh is notable for being uh well, it's notable to me for featuring uh, Dozel's kid as one of the main characters. Which one's that? The the little girl of Dozel, the big angry guy. Oh, that guy! Yeah, his daughter is a main character, and she's like 16 at this point. So. Wow, okay, so I'm pretty sure she was like one <laughs> when, when Gundam The Origin ended. So it's been 15 years? Roughly. This universal century seems to be taking a very long time. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. We'll go really fast in just a minute. Okay, and then... Unicorn is, I think, liked. At the very least, everybody likes the Gundam model that it it gave us. The Unicorn Gundam. Which, really, that's how you can tell if, some, if people like a series. Is if the... Is if the uh, mech that the series introduced is popular or not. But even then, this is like a 50-50. Anyway, so next up, we've got Twilight Axis in 2017, which is just is just a unicorn after story. And then MT, which is also unicorn after story. And then after that, we've got Hathaway's Flash, which came out in uh, 2021, actually, and is not done airing. All, all I know about it is that it's set in Universal Century 0105, nine years after Unicorn. So it's like, what, 25 years in the, <laughs> since uh, into the Universal Century? Uh, I believe so, yes. In We're a quarter case, way it, in. So, if this started in 1979, do you think that by 2079 they'll actually have completed a full century? Well, because technically, the Universal Century started in 0000, or quadruple O, I guess. What's 0000? That's the year zero for this 79 years before the one year. Oh, oh, you mean literally just zero? (laughs) Yeah, zero year. I thought you meant there was a Gundam 0000. No. But we'll get to Gundam 00 in a minute. Which actually, Unicorn deals with that, because there was a thing that happened at the beginning of the Universal Century, and then it became a thing again at the end. And then the century just kind of kept going. In any case, uh, Hathaway's Flash features the son of one of the main characters from the original series who is now a terrorist. The son, not the original character. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, so... Can't, uh, can't make any judgment call. 
which actually a lot of the stuff after this, I can't make any major judgment calls. So next up is F91, which is set in UC0123, 44 years after the uh, original, released in 1991. It's based on what I've read on like my anime list. It's not a very popular series. Actually, most of the stuff that's been like spinoffs for some of the stuff like uh, Twilight Access NT has not been well received. Pretty much everything after you get to year 100 of the Universal Century, nobody likes. And then in 1993, we got Victory Gundam, which is set in UC0153. 20 years after F91, and it's more Gundam. I feel like they were running out of ideas at this point. I mean, that's what you do when you run out of ideas, right? Just start moving the, just start moving the timeline a few decades into the future. <laughs> yeah, well, that and also what happened next. If the... time is cyclical, like people think, eventually it'll just loop back around to when it was good. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works, but. Whatever. In any case. So, then next in that, we, we jump ahead about one millennia for Gundam Reconquista in G. This is a really long universal century. <laughs> yes, so this Reconquista in G was released in 2014, and it's more Gundam, but this time humans live on the moon. Weren't they doing that in the first one? No. Well, yes. But now everybody lives on the moon because they can't live on Earth. It specifically calls out Universal Century events, so I count it as part of Universal Century, but it's not part of Universal Century, technically. I mean, I guess a thousand years into the future is far enough removed to technically be its own thing. And now... And so this, since that came out in 2014, it's not super relevant to everything else that came out between 1994 and 2000 for Gun. So the next thing on the release schedule was Mobile Fighter G Gundam, which is, uh, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like a martial arts tournament anime, but all the fighters are piloting Gundams, and it's... It's weird. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's really weird. And very different than everything else. And so then in uh, 95, we get Gundam Wing, which is notable for bringing Gundam to the West, or America at least. Because it was uh, on Tsunami, I think. So all all the kids in the late 90s were watching it. And they were like, oh my god, Gundam Wings, super, super cool. Gotta check out all this Gundam stuff. It uh, it had a sequel movie slash OVA, which I think ended the story. Called uh, It was called Endless Waltz. Oh, very important, is that each of these 
areas are technically in their own timelines. So, like, G Gundam was in the Future Century, and Gundam Wing is in the After Colony timeline. And the next one is the After War timeline. Uh, After War Gundam X. Which, very interestingly, I thought it was pronounced Gundam Cross, but it's not. It's pronounced Gundam X. It is most notable for being the second Gundam series to be cancelled. Is the first one original Gundam? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, certainly a, that's certainly a feather to put in your cap. <laughs> I've heard it's also very, like, very good, very dark, and mature, and whatnot, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about it in the general Gundam discourse, so... So yeah, that was 96, and then they take a break for about three years, come back in 99 with Turn A Gundam, set in the correct century, which features uh, Earth versus the Moon. Very exciting stuff. And this, this one is very notable, because... Slight spoilers for all of the Universal Century series and everything else I set up to this point. Technically, all of that takes place in the same timeline, just set like thousands of years apart. How, in which direction? Yes. <laughs> all I know is that turn A is the end of it. End of what? Gundam? End of everything up to this point. So, Universal Century, Future Century, After Colony, After War, and, of course, Correct Century are all in the same timeline. Just, like I said, separated by massive lengths of time to allow for everyone to forget about the last series. How long have people been beating the shit out of each other in giant robots? In Gundam? Millennia. Yes. Literally, millennia. So, so weapon design just kind of peaked when they made bipedal when they made when when they made a tank that could do a moonwalk. Weapon technology peaked. Uh, I, well, I mean, technology does advance, especially in each series. Um, no, I don't think it does so much in G Gundam because G Gundam is weird. But like the original Gundam, up through. Like, the last, uh, up there just, like, Unicorn features massive changes in how the mechs are piloted and the amount of strength their firearms can bring to bear and new weapons platforms. Ultimately, it's all to sell toys, but there is a change in technology as the timeline progresses. And then Turn A brings fucking nanomachines into this madness. And it's just... Sorry, I just briefly heard Senator Armstrong talking in my ear. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice. So anyways, as of the year 2000, everything up to this point has been in the same timeline, just separated by massive gaps of time that we never got to see. Everything after this point is not in that timeline. Until they inevitably do... Double turn A. 
And it turns out everything that we've seen is all in the same timeline. Which would raise a lot of questions for some of the future series. Or they could just do the time warp everyone in a new timeline now. (laughs) Well, that's more or less what they do from this point on. Imagine every Char clone meeting each other. Oh god. (laughs) That would be hilarious. God, I just imagine all the different uh, forms of Char himself meeting each other. Well, in any case, so next up, we've got the Cosmic Era timeline, which is the longest timeline of all of the uh, post-turn A Gundam, which consists of Gundam Seed, which is, uh, I didn't like it that much. I watched the first couple episodes, and they, they the Gundams look the same as a lot of the older Gundams, but this time they have keyboards in the cockpit. I, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, control mech warriors with a keyboard, right? When you're playing the game? Same controls? I mean... W-A-S-D? Technically? I mean, the Navy uh, I mean, changed they just... the control thing from like, the Periscope to an Xbox controller. Fair enough. Well, I mean, all they really did was just kind of like mash the keyboard and make s- code happen. So, yeah. yeah that was uh, 2002 to 2003. Then, uh... It had an epilogue, Seed After Phase Between the Stars, and then a sequel, Seed Destiny, from 2004 to 2005, and then 2005 had an OVA sequel to Seed Destiny called Seed Destiny Final Plus The Chosen Future. Oh, you know how I love long titles. (laughs) Yeah. And... I'll say this, it had cool-looking Gundams, but I, I I didn't much care for for the plot, because it started off basically the same, except this time, the conflict is between uh, <laughs> normal humans and genetically altered humans. And it's like, all the genetically altered humans are like, we're so much better than you baseline nerds. You baseline nerds can't even, like, pilot mobile suits or whatever. I I don't know why. They, uh, like I said, I didn't like Seed. So next up is the Anno Domini timeline, which broadly takes place in the future of us right now. Well, the future of 2007, which is when it originally came out. And this series is Gundam 00. I really like Gundam 00. As as a whole, it's a it's a pretty good series uh with good development, good characters, cool Gundams. I mean, it's got kind of freaking Lock on Stratos. It was an Irish sniper. Oh yeah, that was one of the weird things about Gundam 00 is that the IRA is still active and even though it's like 300 years in the future. Whatever. 
And then it also had a sequel movie, Gundam 00 the movie, Awakening of the Trailblazer, in 2010. Which I would say is most notable for being the first instance of first contact with alien life in any Gundam series up to that point. Let me guess, they had giant robots too? No, actually, they're actually aliens, so they're like a metal slime species that can uh, assimilate anything. Technically, yeah, they did end up getting giant robots, but only after they assimilated all the humans' giant robots. Oh, fun. First contact with an alien species and it's the gray goo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, as as you can imagine, it didn't go great first contact, but they, they, they managed to settle it. So, that's fun. Did they settle it via giant robot fight? Kind of? <laughs> kind of? <laughs> well, like, the main character sacrificed himself to be fully assimilated and become part of the Goo's hive mind, and then they stopped attacking because they could communicate with humans now. In any case, moving on to the Advanced Generation timeline, which consists of a single series from 2011 called Gundam Age, or A-G-E. I haven't watched it. It looks pretty standard. Uh, maybe a bit more of a kid-friendly art style. At least first, probably. At least that's what I've seen some people accuse it of. Uh, I would say it's notable for being a multi-generational story in a single series, so that's cool. And then after that, they actually take a break and work on some other Gundam wor works for a little bit, but then they come back to the big series with Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. The from... best Gundam <laughs> series I've ever seen. Very much so. Set in the post-disaster timeline. Which is, uh... It takes a lot of the themes from earlier series, turns a lot of them on their heads. Notably, it, it focuses on a group of mercenary soldiers rather than government soldiers. And it's still child soldiers, but this time... There's a lot more of the tragedy of child soldiery, which is very interesting, and you should totally go watch it. And honestly, I think if you want to get into Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans is your best entry point. I will, I will agree with that. It is very cool, very exciting. Cool mechs, cool characters, cool plot. They have two different Char clones, but one of them gives away his identity pretty much immediately. And the other one is pretty easy to guess who he is. It is tied for my second favorite mecha show of all time. Pretty sure. And first doesn't really count, but... <laughs> What's your first? Evangelion. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I, t I totally understand that. But yeah, no, it's tied with, uh, don't judge me for this. Judge me all you want, Valvrave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I really like Valvrave too. 
but that's a whole other can of worms. Talk. I'm not. I'm not talking about. <laughs> that's not a can of worms. That's a bait shop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. No, but just the whole the whole subject of sunrise, not Gundam, mecha shows, is a whole other can of worms that I am not re- ready to get into right now. And so that's more or less all of the serious Gundams. So after that, we've got uh, Gundam Build Fighters. Isn't that the one that you hate? No. No? No, no, no. I, I haven't watched Build Fighters. Anyways, it, it roughly takes place in a facsimile of the real world. It's basically a trading card game anime, but with Gunpla models. So, hey, you could use your, you could use the plastic kits that you buy from us to do, to play a game. Wouldn't that be cool? And I, I would love if they would, they would do that in real life, but they don't. So it had a sequel, Build Fighters Try, which is, it's this, basically all of the Build Fighters, Build Divers. Build Divers is the next in the build series, basically. Or about building Gundam models and then, like, bashing them together. Going pew-pew, making laser sounds. Are you making laser sounds? (laughs) Are you not? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Build Fighters Try is... It's a... Like I said, it's a sports anime, but with Gundam models. And then they hop out of that series for a bit, come back in 2018 with Build Divers, which is basically the same thing, but this time it's all virtual virtual reality stuff. Like full dive virtual reality. I don't know why. It just is. Because Sword Art Online. Well, this came out in 2018, though. Sword Art Online came out six years prior to that. If they wanted to do full dive around the same time as uh, Sword Art Online, they would have done it in Build Fighters Try. But then again, Shield Hero came out in... Wait, when did Shield Hero come out? Uh, hold on, let me check my drop list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where it is. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, oh god, this is so full, I can't find anything, here it is. Uh, it came out in 2019. Okay, okay. Alright, I'll give Bill Divers a pass. Any- anyways, uh, it had a sequel in Bill Divers Re-Rise, which came out in 2019. And it's very interesting, then Bill Divers Re-Rise is interesting, because it, ha- it has... The second instance of first contact with alien life in a Gundam timeline. Although this time it's much friendlier. Probably because they have giant robots and I don't think the furry animal people who are the aliens do. In any case, build fighters and build divers is not really important to the whole rest of Gundam. It ha- it's mostly just references to the other series and like, oh, that's a cool mecha, or oh, that's a cool 
kitbash or oh hey that guy looks like so such and such character or other running jokes and so on and so forth so you know if you're into gunpla building by all means check out check out the build series but if you don't want to watch comedies and you'd rather just watch like the serious gundams everything prior to this is what you want to watch and then finally there's uh SD or super deformed gundam which I'm not going to cover here because that's I'm not sure what is there to cover it's got like I think two yeah, I, maybe three series I just remember that you uh messaged me this morning at 5 minutes past midnight saying how you had uh finished getting all the information and like release dates and stuff for Gundam except for SD Gundam because and I quote fuck unraveling that mess I'm sure it's not that complicated, but at the same time, I'm also like, I don't care enough. It's a, it's a spinoff of Gundam, and it's focused on super deformed versions of the Mecha, and that's really it. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot there. It's not relevant to any of the timelines, aside from maybe the build series. Because some people have SD Gundams as their, like, main, uh, whatchamacallit? As their main character model or whatever. Like I said, SD Gundam is a whole other thing. You, If you don't, if you only want to watch, like, the big Gundams, you don't need to watch anything from SD. And you probably don't need to watch SD anyways, just because... I I get the feeling that not a lot of people like it. Whew. Alright, so that's more or less all of the Gundam. Although I probably missed a few. I would have no way of verifying that information. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna check out Universal Century, start with either Gundam the Origin or the compilation movies. And Personal then... recommendation? From someone who doesn't like Gundam, uh, start with the origin. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting story, and there's not a lot of mecha for most of it, so it's very easy to stomach if you're not a mecha fan. And then, of course, Iron Blooded Orphans is just a great uh, entry point in general for Gundam, because, well, it's a really interesting story. I think. Very. And there's also Mecha there if you choose to be interested in that. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say... I, I would say not to look at Double O until you've been in Gundam for a bit. And also any of the later Universal Century stuff, don't, don't touch it until you've gotten your feet wet. Because that will throw you into the deep end. Especially Unicorn. That requires you to know a lot of information about everything that's happened in the last uh, 30 or 30 odd years of the timeline. So, 
yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go lay down now. <laughs> and scrape into my pillow. Gundam will do that to you. In any case, until next time, I have been Lyle. And I have been Eli. And this has been Anime Stroganoff.